we live in a country where we don't have a healthcare system. We have a sick care system. Yeah. So every methadone clinic where you walk into for help will make money off of you being sicker than healthy. Don't Hide the Scars, a weekly podcast focused on addiction and recovery. Created by the nonprofit Pain, parents and addicts in need, and founded by Flint Anderson. Amanda Marker, thank you for joining Flint Anderson, the founder of Parents and Addicts in Need, and myself, Jason Lachance, on Don't Hide the Scars. Cool, cool, cool. Thanks for having me, guys. You bet, Amanda. We're glad you joined us. Uh, of course, Amanda, doing some amazing work. We've met through some uh, mutual friends. Uh, you're out there in Wisconsin, eh? Oh, really? Wisconsin? <laughs> Green yeah, Wisconsin. Territory. Here we go. Yeah. Well, we're freshly in Wisconsin. I just uh, moved here from Pennsylvania, but I'm originally from Florida. So we are doing our next Bridge the Gap here. And I kind of landed here and got stuck here for a little while. So we're just, <laughs> we're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Let me tell you something. Those Wisconsin people, they're the best. All right. Yeah. I, I, I love Wisconsin people. I really do. Oh. For the cheese, right? For, for, the strictly cheese. for the yeah. cheese. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was I was not aware about the cheese until I got here. But I tell you what, every Wisconsinite asks me if I've tried the Wisconsin cheese. <laughs> oh, 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 and the cheese curds. OK, they, yes. <laughs> they, they they will have fights over who makes the best cheese curds out there. I'm, I'm not joking. Right. And, sure. and I'll tell you what, they're all good. Cheese curds out on the West Coast, they're just crap. Okay. Yeah. Com- compared to back there. Yeah. So all the stereotypes are true. They are true. I yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a cheese fan. And and I heard that the cows were happier out in on the West Coast. So <laughs> the weather's nicer. Your cheese might be better over there. Well, it's because our our, our farmers are are feeding them pot probably. That's why these cows are all happy, you know. Well, whatever works, right? Yeah, I guess I guess so. A bunch of stone cows running uh, around. Bessie, no wonder she ate the whole field. Right. Oh, hell. Oh, man. Um, well, Amanda, you know, uh, you and Flint share some common drugs of choice, opioids and you, yeah. and also crack. You grew up in, in Florida, like you said. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I'm kind of wondering some of the parallels maybe of what we're seeing here in Fresno socioeconomically. Like what was... Where was that gateway for you then in? I'm curious about that. So I grew up in Southwest Florida, um, Fort Myers. Um, I actually oh, just wow. got hit by Hurricane Ian. Um, um, but yeah, so so out there, um, I, 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 I lived there. I was about 18. Um, I had dabbled in all kinds of drugs before that because it's just a normal thing. I think the first time I ever used drugs I was 11 right and 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 kind of dabbled in things with with neighbors or whatever it's just a normal thing um and then I think I was 18 when I got my first prescription for Percocet um not knowing anything about uh, opiate addiction right I had no idea um about withdrawals that they even existed so um you know I go through my prescription for Percocet and, and I start having these like stomach pains and like all this uncomfortable stuff that I'm like, you know, I'm like a kid. And um, I'm, I just I went back to the doctor and they told me that a cyst had ruptured. Right. There was no there was no it could be a withdrawal symptom, you know, or anything like that. It was you had a cyst, a cyst in your uterus that ruptured um, and they gave me more Percocets. Right. Um, right. 
on top of some nausea medication and and this other thing that kind of like I had allergic reactions to. And it's just so so really it started with like the prescription medications and doctors and professionals, medical professionals. Right. Um, And and from there, I kind of, uh, you know, I I I would do the Percocets and then all of a sudden someone says, oh, you're having all these stomach pains. We'll try this. This has no aspirin in it. Right. And, And it was an oxy. So. So, so then I take my first oxy and then eventually kind of within the year, the same year, graduate to going to a doctor and kind of, you know, uh, posing as, as, as this or another so that I could get a prescription and they gave it to me. Um, and, and I was getting a ton of, of, of roxycodone, um, and Valium that I was kind of turning around and selling, um, and then, then something happened and they came through Florida and they shut down all the pill mills. Right. Right. Um, and, and, and all of the pills started to rise in prices. Um, and, and, and then it was like a dollar per milligram really. And we're doing 30 milligrams, 60 milligrams, 80 milligram pills. Um, you know, you're paying and you got to get your, you know, you got to get your fix every day and that's, that's a lot of money. So, you know, how it goes, we switched to, to something cheaper, um, yep. Actually, uh, my my drug dealer didn't have any pills at the time and actually had crack. Um, and that's how I got caught up in that um, and then actually became addicted to heroin to try to come down off of crack. Right. And it was just like so it wasn't like straight from opiate pills to <clears throat> heroin. There was kind of like a, you know, <laughs> a, an intermission there where we we dabbled in, in something else. Uh, but yeah, so that was kind of a, a, a wild ride. Um, 2015, I have been um, clean from all opiates, right. crack since um, August of 2015. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, thank you. And and it's been just um, like recovery, right? Seeking recovery. I find all these awesome podcasts and, and people <laughs> that are doing amazing things online and kind of breaking stigmas and telling the world it's okay. Don't hide your scars. Right. Um, And it's just really kind of like a a beautiful process and I get to watch other people go through it now. So, so yeah, man, it's cool. for You You know, the scary thing though, that like Amanda, you were saying about, you know, the opioids and the, the, you know, the price per milligram now. And we've been having talks with people that we're seeing with fentanyl where it's getting like, a dollar right for your oh, yeah. right. Oh, you yeah. know mm-hmm. wow you know i mean i wasn't i did try different pills luckily you know some of them threw up first time like no i'm good i want right. I, want a, I want i want a full bottle of something to make me right cry, you know um <laughs> but it's just scary because it it, it, yeah. it makes me think if you guys were out at that time we wouldn't be having this conversation right well, there's the the synthetic drugs are the way to go now, right? Because obviously the big cartels and the drug dealers um, can't easily grow fields of poppies and right. you know marijuana. So now they can have underground laboratories where they make synthetic drugs, um, and they're much cheaper. And they're um, you know people are able to take the formula and remake it over and over again. So there's people that are just normal people in their basements, you know, so, so fentanyl and meth is really, really hitting hard right now. Um, and like you said, it's, it's, it's cheaper. The fentanyl is, is, is cheap. 
Um, yeah. And that's yeah. terrifying. I, I can't even, yeah, I don't know what I would do if I was out there right now. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I just, I wouldn't be here if, if fentanyl were around, you know um, but it, but it's interesting. You mentioned Amanda, the, you know, the, the, the formula, um, but this is actually how the formula got out. So I want to say this is somewhere oh. around two, 2011, 2010. Um, we knew that fentanyl was actually coming from Russia, not China at the time, was wow. coming from Russia and coming into the East Coast. And what happened was is somebody, some tech somewhere, put the formula out on the Internet. And that's and that's how these people found out what the formula was. So it was out there for for anybody at the time to pick up the 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 the, the mob, whatever you want to call it in Russia. They're the ones that that first came up with it. So that's how this whole mess got started. So in 2011, I'm sitting there going, OK, you know, I now it's fentanyl. Then then we heard about car fentanyl coming in. Um, and then all of a sudden it was like Russia's out of the picture. Here's China. Everything's being manufactured there. So so but but again, to get back to it, I, I wouldn't be here if if fentanyl were around and you probably the same, Amanda, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. So 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 we have Russia to thank for that. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. Thank you, Russia. Uh. <laughs> New Perceptions North, the premier drug and alcohol treatment and recovery center in Central California. A full continuum of medically supervised top quality care with programs for detox, inpatient residential treatment with dual diagnosis, intensive outpatient treatment, sober living, support groups, and more. With 50-plus years of combined experience and sobriety, Flint Anderson and Thelma Gatlin-Wilson provide adult men and women with the highest caliber of professional health care, treating each client with compassion and respect in a safe, comfortable environment. To begin the process of recovery, to proudly create and sustain a life without addiction, call 559-978-1507 or visit newperceptionsnorth.com. And it sucks to have to like, you know, go, well, you know, China, no, part of China, people, certain people in China, but it's the reality of where it's coming yeah, from, yeah. the country it's coming from. Right. And it's just, it, it's, it sucks because, you know, well, again, it's sort of it's sort of like with Mexico, you know, we're, we're, we don't blame all of the the the, the Mexican people. Yeah. Right. Because there are great people there as well, you know, but but so but you have to use that as in, in, in your terminology that because it is coming across the border from Mexico. Yeah. You can't say, OK, what's well, just coming from this this one location, you know, and the same with China. I mean, I'm. I don't know if there's good people in China. I'm imagining there is. Okay. Um, but, but it, that, that's where it's coming from. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so how, how do we, you know, then it's a whole conversation on, you know, how we stop that, you know, and that's uh that's, that, that's a topic in itself, but. Yeah. Well, and I think it, it, you know, you come from, if you look at those countries, there's so many, like we have it good in the United States. Like even yeah. if you're in what we consider poverty, you have it good compared right. to the vast majority of the world. Right. So as long as it's appealing for these, these people to go and work for the cartels and in Mexico and in China and everything else, it's like, you know, it's not going to change. And those governments aren't changing their policy. So not it's just, it's, it's going to continue to be a shit show until 
folks like us continue to speak and be passionate and fucking pissed off about right. it, killing our, our kids and parents and everybody else that right. like, we've got a serious crisis, a mental health crisis that our government seems to ignore. I mean, we just had someone here, a, a lady who lost her son and she was telling a coworker about, or you about, Oh, they finally stopped talking about COVID in kids. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I didn't really take that many kids. Right. But why aren't we using this for like, hey, you really want to save your kids? Let's get fired up about this. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, well, that's that's really why we do this. Right. There came a point in 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 my um, addiction. Right. Um, Where I was sitting in a, a dirty hotel room in a bathtub all by myself. I knew my kids were waking up somewhere missing me and I was just in the nastiest space trying to find a vein, can't find a vein, just the most miserable spot to be in. Right. And all of a sudden it hit me. My daughter could get here one day. My daughter could be here in this disgusting hotel room, in this bathtub, desperate, desperate to save her life. And has she will have no idea how. Why will she have no idea how? Well, because when we're in active addiction, we have this basic knowledge of, of, of recovery meetings and, and, and this and that. But there's not, you know, there's not a lot of knowledge about treatment and what to do and multiple pathways to recovery. Um, but but like you said, people like us who are doing these things, um, there's so many of them now. Like I know and I have so much faith that we've already participated in the work that will save my child someday if she's stuck mm-hmm. in a dirty bathtub. You know what I mean? Like right. it, it, it's beautiful to see the the way that it's spreading across the country. So, so yeah, like addiction is bad, but like the recovery, it's so like, I'm watching people in active addiction, like, like recovery is cool. You know, there's sober is the new cool with Kim. Like right. it's so true. Like, like recovery is cool. There's people who are, relapsing and falling back into, you know, meth addiction. And then they're like, I don't want to do this. Like I see all my friends, you know, going to recovery meetings and doing all these awesome things and living in their purpose. And, and it really has created a world of, of warriors. And I know that our children are like, I get chills to think of all of our children and the ways that they're going to change this world. Like it's, I, I don't look into the future and see the world like, burning down and being this like apocalyptic, you know, like nightmare. Like I see so much beautiful shit. Once all of this work that we've done, all the systems that have been broken down in our era, right? Like in our time, like it's kind of all coming fast paced and we just have to keep doing what we can in our small corners of the world to try to make it, you know, make it okay for all of us to where we can get to that place and our children can live in that world, man. Like it's, it's going to be beautiful someday. So. And and I do agree with you uh, to, to the, to the point of those of us that are in recovery and working in recovery, our, our kids, our grandkids, the, those are the ones that are going to see it and, and, and hopefully take it further. Right. What I worry about are are the families out there that aren't in recovery and 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 those families are not talking about this with their kids right. because we have been 
we have, and for the lack of a better term, we have been, those of us that work in it have been shut out of schools. You, you know, and, and if we're in a school where we're not allowed to say certain things, we're, we're, we have to soften our, 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 our speeches down. Um, we can't, you know, we're big around here, Amanda, about just one simple line, tell the fucking truth yeah. <laughs> about, about, about addiction. Right. And, and where it is and where, and, and, and how this thing works. Um, but, but that's, that's what worries me. And the other thing that worries me is this. And I know we've talked about this a lot. There's a lot of people in our positions that are working in recovery that actually do not think that we should even attempt to go after the cartels. We shouldn't even attempt to go after the source in, in China or Russia or wherever the hell this stuff, the majority of it is coming from. And that I have to, because they're saying, you know, it's a waste of time. It's a waste of energy. It's a waste of money. It's a waste of resources because we have to educate on this. Well, we have to do all of the above. We, we, I still am a firm believer that if you don't stop, look, when we stop, when we, we arrest somebody with 250,000 pills on them, that's saving a few lives. So, so how do we not go after these people? We, we, we're not doing a good enough job at it, in my opinion. Well, I think, I think that, um, it's, it's a God thing, right? Um, there are people who are very passionate about, um, uh, uh, fighting what you're speaking of, right. And kind of being in more the political aspect, um, and people who are passionate about that and they are absolutely fighting and doing what they can to make a difference in their corner, small corner of the world. And, um, so, so I, I have a lot of faith that like all the, all of the, the, the arguing and the stuff like it's a part of the process right like yes. all of the um what's the word what's the word the debate right like all the debating it's part of the process and it's definitely getting us somewhere so keep having those debates keep right. talking right. about that keep you can't like if you if you're only talking to people that believe the same things as you you're keeping yourself in a very small box and you can't grow and expand, right? So always have those conversations with people who believe different and differently. And yeah, I'm I'm not big on politics, but I have full faith in the fact that there are some really awesome people who are very passionate about recovery um, for a good reason, right? The right reason. Um, and they're fighting for us. So well said. Uh, so what it kind of perspective then do you have on on harm reduction, especially long term harm reduction? You know, I, I like, again, me, alcoholic, primary drug of choice. There, there is no real harm reduction route. What would it be? I go to a clinic and they give me two shots of vodka tonight instead of six. <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't really I, I've not heard of a modality of harm reduction, right. but I get, right. you know, both of you opioids and, you know, the, the yeah. tapering. But, you know, Flint, I mean, you have far better insight to know what they, you know, the, the Suboxone and, and methadone. Uh, methadone and everything yeah. else. But, you know, I don't know. So, What's your perspective on somebody being strapped to methadone like long term? I mean, I don't I don't know. I don't know that you could achieve what you've achieved if you were. Well, 
Here's a big, here's a big one. I use a um, medically assisted treatment plan um, still that has worked for me um, for seven plus years now. Um, but I use cannabis. I don't use um, any kind of opiates or psych meds or the other things. It's taken me a long time. Um, I it's it's medically legal now, right? Um, so so there's lots of stigmas. And, and people out there who, who will tell you all day long that you're doing recovery wrong if you are doing it the way that I am doing it. Um, and it's taken me a lot of time to really validate myself and to affirm myself in a sense where I know that it's working for me. I don't need other people to validate or approve things that I'm doing for my recovery that I have built for myself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as harm reduction goes, I... I mean, obviously, support harm reduction to the fullest, all of it. I'm open to every single thing that I've ever heard. I think it's absolutely amazing. Um, some of the different, um, you know, countries who have 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 done things like uh, where they have centers and they they are dosing people, right? And there's just there's there's lots of data and statistics and things that are being collected right now to kind of see which route is best for us. And, and, and so like, it's a super important time for all of these really innovative organizations like yourself um, to really just follow their hearts, their passion and their purpose um, and, and kind of try to, to, to feel their way through where they're gonna make a difference the best, right? Because harm reduction is hugely, it, it, it's life-changing. And um, I, I think it's beautiful. There's there's people I know everywhere who are going out and and personally, you know, collecting used syringes from people and exchanging them and putting them in a garage because they don't have anywhere to dispose of them. Like like there's so many people who are doing these things that you know we don't really we don't have approval to do. So a lot of us are like we don't know what to do. You know we don't have approval to do this. But there are so many people out there who are just pushing the limits and really, really fighting to make a difference in our communities. And so, yes, I, I fully support harm reduction. So, so I'm going to jump in here a little bit on, on this one, because look, there, there, I I am a big believer in short-term harm reduction. What that time frame is, is different for everybody. Mm -hmm. But, but, but what I consider short-term is in months and not in years. And and the reason why I say that, first of all, Amanda, I want to say thank you for explaining it that way. All right. I really liked the way you explained it. I liked, I liked everything about it. Because so many times when you were talking about people that either are for or against harm reduction, it's an argument. Right. You know, <laughs> it's 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 a God damn it. We've got to have long-term harm reduction, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and that's when then the hair on my neck stands up. Okay. And now I'm going to fight you back on it because, and I think what it boils down to is we're not doing a good job of giving everybody the right information on it. And this is what I mean by the right information. Okay. So you've got a 25-year-old that is an opioid addict, and they're they're being told that methadone is the way to go here. 
first of all, I think I it took me two years to get off of methadone. I think that's the world's worst drug ever, right. ever conceived. Okay. But what they're not telling this 25 year old is that you're going to have to go in to that clinic every day. You might be able to get a take home here, here and there, but you're going to have to go in there every day to get your dose. They are not going to taper you down like they should because they are a for-profit business. They want to keep you there. They want to keep charging you that three or $400 a month, whatever it is to come in. They're not telling you, <clears throat> excuse me, that 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 methadone is going to make you so constipated that 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 you're going to have bowel issues for the rest of your life. That is a fact. OK, mm -hmm. they're not telling you that if you try to stop, you're going to have a psychotic break like I did. So the, the the information piece of that, and oh, by the way, Mr. 25-year-old, you're if 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 you go out of the state or even out of your city for a weekend and you forget your methadone, you cannot walk into another methadone clinic and get your dose. You are totally screwed at that point. So why are we strapping a 25-year-old and not giving them the proper information? Now, and I, let me just finish with this. If you're going to take the 60-year-old and above street person, maybe even not the street person, that you you know that 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 person has actually has been in addiction so long that there's no other out here, there's no other option for them, and you again you explain everything to them, then I don't have a problem with that. Right. But I got a problem with the, with 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 young people, and even up to 40 sometimes, and even up to 50 because you're strapped to that damn thing. Anyway, my 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 opinion. It's it's beautiful. I my grandmother um passed away still addicted to fentanyl. Um and oh, sorry. Yeah, so a methadone program would have been amazing for her. But sure. um we live in a country where we don't have a healthcare system. We have a sick care system. Yeah. So every methadone clinic where you walk into for help will make money off of you being sicker than healthy. Right. So right. that's where we have to really, um, it's hard because we're kind of raised in this mentality that doctors are like, you know, second to God, right? Like they know everything we need to, to depend on them to, to raise our children and function. And, but it's, it's, it's not even like that. So we get twisted in that mentality instead of recognizing we are customers, right? right. Like we are customers and we have to use our brains, the brains right. that God gave us yes. to recognize when we're being sold on something versus when there's somebody who's passionately trying to help us because, you know, they had a mom that was, you know, addicted to drugs or something like that. So, so really it's just about using our brains and kind of, cause, cause it's, it's hell out there. The, I think that our sick care system is what has created this big disaster swimming through, you know? So no, I, 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 I absolutely agree. The, the, the other piece that were that, that nobody ever talks about. And again, it's because I lived it. My, my, my opinions, my reality comes from the fact like you, Amanda, we lived this life. So we know exactly what we're talking about here. I couldn't agree with you more on the doctors, more, more, there's more doctors that, that have an damnedest clue on on addiction at all they can tell you they can tell you the chemical side of it but they can't tell you about the addict right but what they're also not tell they never talk about is 
And I don't know about how methadone clinics are around uh, other parts of the country. I'm sure they're the same. But, geez, do you think any of these places actually have put security in their parking lots? Because you can walk out of there after getting your dose and you can buy anything in that parking lot you want to. They're all hanging around out there. You can sell your methadone if you've got take homes. You can buy more methadone from the people out there. You can buy opioids. You can buy meth. You can buy heroin. You can buy it all. Mm-hmm. These these places where the methadone clinics are, I'm sorry, I I, I wouldn't want to send my dog in there. Mm-hmm. And I walked into those places every day for two years. Wow, wow, yeah. yeah. And so I I I took it down a milligram. I think it was a milligram a week until because they put me on 190 milligrams to start. That was the highest legal dose. Hell, I was falling asleep at traffic lights. Okay. And I'm not exaggerating. Wow. Yeah. So it took me two years. And when I finally got done, I walked in there with my box of take-homes. I walked in there one morning. I said, you can even keep the fucking box. I said, <laughs> I'm, I said, I'm done with you. All right. And they said, you owe us $350. I said, find my ass. Okay. Cause, <laughs> cause you're not getting that either. And I turned around, and I walked out. There it is. Uh, That's awesome. <laughs> uh, yep. Oh, to be a fly on the wall that day. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. People, people are like, "Whoa, what just happened here?" Okay. Well, somebody got a free box. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Maybe. Hopefully, hopefully, people watch this podcast and go out of a methadone clinic just like that. Just like that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was beautiful. <laughs> it's a be- wonderful mic drop moment. Right. 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 Awesome. <laughs> Stick that up your ass. Right. Uh, yeah. No. So so the methadone, I never, I never um personally did methadone as a while I was trying to get into recovery, right? Like I used methadone to get high. <laughs> yes, right. Right. <laughs> When I was in active addiction, but yeah. Or so. or let's let's use it because I've got I've got a I've got a some back pain. Okay. I, I Oh yeah. Right. No, so with my with my daughter, um, this was back in 2011. I had originally I went into the hospital one of my times trying to get off of the opiates. I said, you know, I've been here, I've been withdrawing for three days, I'm going to kill myself if you don't give me some help, right? I just went to the emergency room because I didn't have insurance and that was like the way to do it, right? For me. So so they, you know, they admit me into the psych ward and they tell me they're going to give me the methadone, which is what my addict mind wanted, right? Like that's originally why I went there. And then they come out and they tell me that I'm pregnant. And Mm -hmm. that was like a no, like it was, it was just immediately, I don't want your methadone. I'm not taking your drugs. Um, and they, they actually argued with me, right? Like they have mm-hmm. this intimidation tactic and they try to, they, they come in cause I took, they had like this little patch on my chest for like the withdrawals. It wasn't methadone. It was just some kind of other, you know, and I took that off when I found out I was pregnant and I told them I didn't want it. So they bring in like all these other nurses and doctors and like sit me down and are telling me like that my baby is going to die within, within my womb from the withdrawals if i don't take this medication i don't know what i'm thinking i don't know what i'm doing they need that i need to listen to them right, right. and like in my brain i'm like i don't care i would rather have a baby die in me than be born addicted to methadone and have to deal with that for personally my decision that's my decision and that's it right 
Um, and yeah, they were totally against it. And my baby was born healthy as can be. She was, there was nothing wrong with her. Nothing. Didn't even have jaundice. Like she was amazing and healthy. And yeah, so it's, it's using our brains, right. In those moments where they are selling us on something and we think that they're trying to help save our lives, but they're actually selling us on something. So it, it takes a lot of, um, right? Um, yeah, I don't know what it takes. <laughs> if you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, please call Parents and Addicts in Need at 559-579-1551 or check us out online at painnonprofit.org. Follow us on social media at painnonprofit. Please subscribe to the podcast and share with others wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. To donate, please click the link in the description and help us save more lives gripped by addiction. I'm going to take it into the Narcan scene now, sure. right? Because we, you know, again, big believer in Narcan. Everybody's got to have it everywhere, 24-7. Mm-hmm. And we've got a, we've got a, basically Narcan's four milligrams. Now there is a company out there called Cladaxo, which has an eight milligram Narcan. Okay. Now. I want since we're talking about selling the, wow. the 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 system, okay. There's there's two sides to this, and I'll say it really quickly as I can. We are once again a, another pharmaceutical company is manufacturing an eight milligram Narcan from the standpoint of. This 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 epidemic is going to continue. It's we're 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 almost actually telling people that it's never going to come to an end. So 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 now here's another one. What are we going to come up with a 12 milligram one, a 16 milligram one? Are we just going to keep going so some other pharmaceutical company can make all the all the money in the world instead right. of tackling the problem? I would like to get to a point where nobody has to use Narcan. Wow. Now that's 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 you know pie in the sky thinking but do do you kind of see my point there that just it's exactly it's exactly how we get to that point though is because it's something like that where we don't really notice what's happening but see when we're doing narcan trainings they tell us what to do if one doesn't work right? Right. right they teach us what to do if the milligram isn't enough to match the whatever it is that they're overdosing on. So, so yes, this is going to, this is how it starts. And then we get all confused and yeah, there's no need for a higher milligram in my opinion. Right. Um, right. You know, in my opinion. So <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Cause uh, yeah. It's, uh, and what's the cost of that compared to the four milligrams? There you right. go. What is it? Uh, Jesse Ventura would always say, follow the money, pal. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. You know, exactly. We don't recognize the, you know, the the it's it's an entity, right? Big pharma, like it really is. It's like an entire like planet. Uh, yeah, like it's so deep, deep inside of like society and the world and our yeah. What's well, like it's like McNeil or Lilly or any of those pharmaceutical companies, you know, you, you you we hear about Purdue, we hear about a couple other ones, but some of these other pharmaceutical companies, they're producing Vicodin as well. They're producing Norco as well. We so so you have you have 20 different pharmaceutical companies manufacturing five or ten different types of hydrocodone. Jesus, why do we need that much? 
Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. I'm sorry. We 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 don't. Wouldn't wouldn't one? I mean, I I understand business. I understand competition, and I understand they have to make money. Okay, but still, forty two different types of hydrocodone. I th- I actually think that's the number. You know that that we have. Yeah. Something, yeah. Something's wrong with that picture. Well, and I think uh, uh, you've watched Breaking Bad, right? Oh yeah. And, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I think it's a thing too. I got in a discussion. I didn't think of this. We've never talked about this, but it's like. Well, what about all the chemists? Like, why are they sitting there and wanting to make this stuff? And I go, because a chemist is a chemist is a chemist. Mm -hmm. Walter White was a chemist Mm -hmm. who his thing was to get pure as possible methamphetamines because he took pride in it. Yes. So you have a chemist with crazy medical bills and everything else to get where they're at. And it's like, well, we need this thing. You can't tell me that that passionate person isn't like, Oh, I'm going to try to create what I can. Right. Because they are. They're creative. Yeah, they're creative. They're 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 yeah. looking at all these elements and putting them together. You know, they're excited about it's what the they puzzle. Do. It's putting the puzzle together and making sure you complete it. Yeah. And and yeah. so, you know, you've got a company that knows what the hell they're doing, knows how to market it, get it, get doctors to sell their product over other people's products and everything else. And this chemist is just excited about doing chemistry. Right. Right. So you have this whole tower. Why wouldn't you wait? We have, we have people that we want to be able to put them under with less uh, for, for minor operations or major with, with less chemical or whatever oh we got fentanyl oh this works i know i've been put under by it i was out i didn't even get to 99 and counting from 100 (laughs) um yeah i and i was scared shitless amanda i don't think i ever saw i was with flint like i'm afraid this might make me want to relapse and i'll go home and want to drink or whatever no i just went i just went to sleep (laughs) yes granted again folks this is under doctor supervision medical people they know what they're doing but yeah, it's it's like, why else would these companies do this? They thrive. It's, right. it's no different. Walter White says it in the final episode, you know, where he finally admits to his wife, uh, she goes, you know, the, oh, yeah, you did it for us. And he goes, no, I did it for me. And I was good at it. Right. And it is It's right. like to be yeah. good at it. So you, you wonder why. It's passion. Yeah. <laughs> like it was it's his passion. And and that's unfortunately what, you know, it's consumerism. Right. So. We're just kind of stuck in all of that for now, but we are totally breaking systems down. Um, and yeah, I think it's, 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 there's a lot of people up there who are, who are fighting the good fight. So, yep. yeah. yeah. Well, and it made me think of uh, um, a gentleman that, that uh, Flint works hand in hand with here in law enforcement. He's telling me about a kid that got busted at one of the local high schools when they got into his phone he literally said in a Snapchat, his goal was to get as many kids addicted at that high school as possible. Right. That was like his challenge to himself. Right. right. You know, so when you're in that mindset and that's what you want to achieve, you know what I'm saying? It's like, how do we get this sick individual? Because that's sick thinking. It is. How do we get that mindset changed? You know, that's a, I think that's a cultural that that to me feels like a cultural, you know, ignorance um, in a sense where I think, um, I hate to say this, but like rap music, right? Like it really yeah. is like, like the younger kids, these younger boys and younger men are listening to these ratchet rap songs where these guys are just saying the most awful things that they're doing. And like, right. I'm really like, it's the only thing that I see that's kind of fueling that type of mentality anymore because, like we said, sober is the new cool, right? So 
Um, it seems like it's kind of like, you know, like a, a cool type of thing. Like my children, my, I, my oldest son just turned 18. Um, and like for the past few years, you know, he was in my active addiction with me, but I kind of watched him over the years through my recovery and, and, and it's a very delicate dance, right? Like we can't, can't tell the kids. Right. So we just got to like feel them out and feel the energy in the room. But, but I, I, I listened to him talk about alcohol or, you know, drinking or this person doing this. And, and it's like a, it's like a cool thing to these kids. Mm-hmm. Some of them. Um, and, and yeah, so I think that it's super, super important to keep doing what we're doing. Right. Like, because I really do in my brain, in my brain, like I, there's nothing in me that thinks using is cool anymore. Maybe when I was a child, um, and I needed better, you know, more guidance. Um, but, but yeah, so, so the world really is waking up. I have done a lot of work within my home with my children, preventative care, right? Um, my children right now, I'm living in a sober living home facility in Wisconsin, and my two youngest children are here with me. And if somebody in the facility relapses or there's a fight or something else that goes down in a sober living facility where people are trying to find recovery, I take my children and I guide them through that appropriately. I try to educate them on the things that they need to know that would benefit them in the situation and turn it into a learning opportunity for my children who will be in a world where there are people who are relapsing and using drugs and drinking and driving drunk and doing all of the things, right? So closing our children off to that and kind of sheltering them is really like a mistake, I believe, in my opinion. I agree. I couldn't more agree more yeah. wholeheartedly. It, you know, the only way to to arm is, is through education, you know? Right. We just, mm-hmm. we have to, was it freaking Hamlet Shakespeare way back when who's alive at the end, a scholar and a soldier. That's it. Everybody mm-hmm. else is fucking dead, <laughs> you know? Right. So we, we do, we have to arm our children yeah. with this knowledge and the coping skills to do it. Yeah. Right. Cause I know Emotional. me, no, no coping skills. Yeah. So that's that's where our society is you know the i think there's this kind of ascension that's happening and people are really developing um a stronger sense of emotional hygiene right like we are much more equipped now than my mom was back in her day you know we have these phones and we have full access to unlimited resources and data and information um and and yeah, like it's 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 for sure my like if I watched I watched a movie with my daughter, I think I can't remember it was Mila Kunis, um, but some movie recently that Mila Kunis was, you know, she was withdrawing and it was kind of it was all about addiction. Um and and yeah, I watched it with my daughter and explained to her, you know, through scenes where she's withdrawing, explained to my daughter the drug the actual, you know, the chemical and the way that it works in your body and what it does to you and then what it does through the addict mind. And there's just so much that I'm able to walk my daughter through and really kind of educate her on that in a sense where, you know, she needs that someday. I know my daughter is going to be doing God's work to try to help people who she's passionate about helping. And I have a feeling it might be something to do with recovery. So right. educating her is, 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 is a must. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. 
Amanda, why don't you tell us about uh, Bridge the Gap here before we wrap up? Yeah, man. Um, so, okay, so we we go around to different communities um, and really kind of we're looking for those innovative outreach organizations, people who are, you know, just kind of, oh, we don't know if we're allowed to do this, but we're doing it. Um, and really kind of just see what they're doing and the ways that they're helping the community and their effectiveness um, in helping the community um, and really just kind of showcase showcase them. So, so here in Wisconsin, um, we are going, this one we are going to be doing um, with the Forest County Potawatomi tribe. So, um, they have uh, the Native American way to recovery, the Red Road right. to well variety, right. um, the well variety program. And I'm really excited to kind of to showcase that and kind of how they are doing recovery because they have some killer, killer, like their overdose rates through COVID. I mean, like ridiculous. They were like, there was no overdoses for wow. a period of like two years. And I was like, what? <laughs> So, so yeah, so we're just kind of going around to see, bring you guys recovery solutions. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Well, anything else you want to let us know about? I think that's it. I really appreciate this. This was awesome. Thank you. No, you're, 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 you're welcome. You know, um, first, first of all, (laughs) I, I, I love the work that you're doing. And if I understand this, this is, this is, you're, you're putting together different organizations is that is that what you're doing and then letting people know in their communities that this is this is a a place that you can go to is that right so so i'm big on social media i've linked with a lot of like recovery advocates and people who reach a lot of people who are in active addiction um so then there's different organizations like maybe yours not necessarily yours you guys have great um, media and marketing. So, but some places don't really have that. Right. So we just really want to help them get the word out about what they're already doing, um, and what they've brought to the table because, you know, there's so many different things kind of popping up and, and that will support that getting the word out about multiple pathways to recovery. Right. Right. So, so yeah, that's kind of what we're working on. Okay, cool. Cool. Yeah. I'd like to send her some information on our treatment center. Yeah. You know, because, because we've got that, I got that as well. So yeah, we'll do that. All right. Cool. Well, Amanda, you know what? Thank you. This was, this was really a a pleasure and a joy to, to meet you and to talk to you. I love your passion. You know, you, you, seriously, I think I, you got a million dollar smile too. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you do. Just let everybody see that smile because hell that'll, that'll bring somebody to recovery real quick. (laughs) Thank you. Awesome. This is a great enriching conversation. My day will be awesome. I appreciate you guys. You got it, Amanda. Thank you. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, please call Parents and Addicts in Need at 559-579-1551 or check us out online at painnonprofit.org. Follow us on social media at Pain Nonprofit. Please subscribe to the podcast and share with others wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. To donate, please click the link in the description and help us save more lives gripped by addiction. This podcast contains the views and opinions of hosts and their guests to the show. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for informational purposes only. And because each person is sharing their unique perspective, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions.
Views and opinions expressed in the podcast and website are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or correction of errors. Privacy is of the utmost importance to us. For those wishing anonymity, people, places, and scenarios mentioned in the podcast have been changed to protect confidentiality at the request of certain guests. This website or podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including but not limited to establishing standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis for expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast or website. In no way does listening, reading, emailing, or interacting on social media with our content establish a doctor-patient relationship. If you find any errors in any of the content of this podcast or blogs, please send a message through the contact page.